Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is dealing with injustice. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hello everyone, welcome. My name is Roland, and the program is called Shedding Shackles. Let's listen to a call that came in on a listener call in line. Hello, this is Joe Amaya calling from San Francisco, and I have one question. What should you do if you keep becoming angry? Or uh, what should you do if you're trying not to, you're trying to be calm, but other people keep uh, making you angry? Thank you. Thanks, Jeremiah. What to do if you're angry all the time? A lot of people are angry all the time. There's a lot to be angry at. Remember, there used to be a bumper sticker a long time ago. It said, if you're not outraged, you're not paying attention. So, yeah, there's a lot to be angry at. Now, what is it that gets people started at being angry? Injustice. Injustice. And when does the injustice, when is it noted? When is it first noted? In early childhood. You know, let's say you have a typical situation where you have a mom in a supermarket with her grocery basket and the little child is sitting in the grocery basket and the little child reaches and grabs something like a box of cereal and the mother rips it out of the child's hands. Not just takes it out or not saying... Go ahead and look at it, but then we're going to have to put it back. No, she rips it out of the child's hand. There's something wrong with that. The anger is wrong. The impatience is wrong. The ripping it out of the child's hands is wrong. The not taking a moment to explain or to talk or just to let the child look at it. What's the harm in it? The rushing like in a big hurry. It's all wrong. So is it injustice? Well, that may not be the perfect word for it, but basically it's all wrong. And the child gets angry. What would you do if you were at the office and you, you had your iPhone or something and somebody ripped it out of your hand? It's not fair. It's unjust. It's wrong. The little child sees that. See, little children have light. They are fresh from God and they have light. And the child simply sees what, what it is. What it is is what it is. And the child sees what is. And sees that there's something wrong with it. And the child gets angry. And then what happens? Typically then, the mother gets angry. And it doesn't have to be the mother. It could be the dad. It could be an aunt. It could be an uncle. It could be a grandma, grandpa. It could be the babysitter. It could be the old pair. It could be anybody. I'm just using the mother as an example. Then she gets angry at the child. See, she started it by ripping the thing out of the child's hand. Then she gets angry at the child for being angry. And then she says something. She ups the ante. If there's nobody close by, she says, if you ever do that again, if you don't quiet down, we're never going to the store again. 
That's even worse. Now the child is crying. Out of total anger, total frustration, a total feeling of helplessness. And it's unjust. So the very one who who should represent justice and fairness and kindness and long-suffering and patience and wisdom, the very one is the perpetrator. And then maybe dad is there. But dad is a non-factor. He's a weak people pleaser. He goes along to get along. Mr. Nice Guy. So mom is screaming at the child and dad just sits there and says nothing. That's an injustice too, because dad is really the one. He should say, now, now, just a minute now. Maybe she shouldn't have grabbed that, that box of cereal, but you know, we don't, it's not fair to yell at, at her for that. Dad could intervene and set a good example and correct what's what's in error. And what is in error? The error was in the parent who ripped the box from the child's hand. So I don't need to go on with it. It's quite clear. So that's how it begins. But it's everywhere. You go to school, teachers have pets. You go to school, there's unfairness and arbitrary rules. And some people get away with stuff and some don't. And you out in society and then people steal your stuff. Other kids steal your stuff or they push you down or they tease you or they call you names. Just injustice everywhere and wrong and lies. And then cover up. See, a lot of times it's not the thing that's done, but then it's the cover up. It's the lying about it. And it's just trying to make the one who was the victim, you know, blame the victim. That's it. We all know that's wrong, don't we? Well, that's what happens with kids. Kids are blamed. Mother's in a bad mood and is mean to the child. The child starts to cry and then the child is blamed. The babysitter is doing wrong things. When the parent is gone, the babysitter is talking to her friends on her iPhone and watching television and doing things she's not supposed to do. And the child sees that and sees that it's wrong. Tries to point it out. What happens? Somehow the child is punished for that. Or later when mommy comes home, mommy, the babysitter was looking in your drawers in your bedroom and she took something out and she was talking to her friends on the iPhone and one of her friends came over and, and they scared me. No, don't say that about Let me ask her, did that happen? No, it didn't happen. See, she says it didn't. So the babysitter is a very nice person. You mustn't make up stories about her. See? Injustice. Do I need to go on? So now, th the most important thing is to understand that that's how it began a long time ago. And after years and years and years of reacting and reacting and reacting and suppressing, a lot of people are just filled with anger. So then we could go on. How about boyfriends that lie and take advantage? Or girlfriends that lie and take advantage? So you have betrayal and wrong everywhere. But then here's the problem. A couple of problems. One thing is you start to become sensitive to it. When you react to things, you become sensitive to them. The more you react, the more sensitive you get. In other words, if you react to some, I don't know. You know, some people, they, they, they react to some chemical in their clothing or something. But then after that, they become very sensitive. And all they have to do is just touch their skin a little bit and it already becomes red. You see what I mean? It's a learned response. The body learns to, to swell. It learns to get red. The skin learns. See, it's a learned response. And then you become more and more sensitive. So the same thing happens with anger. It sensitizes you. And then pretty soon you start watching for it. 
oh, he didn't say good morning to me. And oh, she, she looks like she thinks she's better than me. And so on. You become overly sensitive to everything. And then you're angry at everything. And then your boyfriend cheats on you and you're angry. Then you see another boy and you think he, and he looks just like your boyfriend. So you hate him and you're angry at him because he looks like your boyfriend. You figure he's probably the same type. You, you get it? But pretty soon you're angry at everything. Angry at everybody. Totally sensitive. Your health starts to go haywire. Upset tummy and headache and everything else from being angry all the time. Then you, you're, then you get angry at that. Then you go to the doctor and they give you pills and you have side effects and you're angry at that. And then the bills come and you're angry at the bills. See, you're just angry at everything. So what you have to do is take a mental step back. Take a time out. Take a mental step back. Take one of my meditations every morning with lunch and one at dinner time, okay? Or in the evening. Three meditations, each of them maybe five minutes. That's enough. And stand back and just watch. I'm a man with a microphone, so I, people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. I'm just a person, and I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. So what you have to do is take a mental step back. Take a time out. Take a mental step back. Take one of my meditations every morning with lunch and one at dinner time, okay? Or in the evening. Three meditations, each of them maybe five minutes. That's enough. And stand back and just watch. And, and then see, remember when you were a little child, you saw what it is. Well, now just see what it is. See that you're angry all the time. See that you're so angry, you're not even sure whether the people that you're angry at really, really should be angry at them. Just see all of that and learn to, to watch people without being angry. See, that's the fault. And the fault, you couldn't help it when you were a little child, you get angry. But now you're a big adult. And we all know that as we get older, we're supposed to become calmer, wiser, more reasonable, right? When you're on the airplane and the airline pilot is there flying the airplane, you, you don't want him or her to get angry, do you, and get all upset? Start throwing things around? No, you want them to be calm. How about your doctor? How about your dentist? You want them to be calm. So, if you could calm down a little bit and begin to do the meditation and learn to watch and realize that there's judgment involved in your anger, now, when you were a little child, you were just flat out angry. But then later, something else crept in as you got older. It was judgment and resentment. So now, maybe, maybe now what you should see is that there's judgment and resentment involved in your angers. And you have to let those go. See the injustice. Don't hate the person. See the person is making an error. See that the person is wrong, even. See that a person is even wrong on purpose. They're doing it on purpose. Don't hate them. Realize there's something operating through them. Once upon a time, they were a little child too. Injustice was done to them. Now they're doing to others what was done to them. So see that and begin to let go of the judgment and let go of the resentment. And then all that's left is some of your anger and a lot of it will diminish. You'll notice when you, 
If you start to let go of the judgment and resentment, the anger will diminish. Some of it will be left, or some of the symptoms, some of the sequelae of the anger will still be there. Watch them. Don't resent them. Don't be angry at them. Don't be angry at God. Don't be angry at yourself. Don't resent yourself. Don't resent anybody, including yourself. And just watch. And they too will begin to diminish. And your body will be res will restore. And your body fixes itself quite a bit too. Right now, you're so angry all the time, your body doesn't have time to fix itself. So anger and resentment, they only add another layer of uh, complication to what's there. So let, all, let that go. Let it go. And instead of being angry, meditate. And if you do go out in the world and you get angry, then just see that you got angry. Say, all right, I blew it. I got angry. If you go out in the world and all of a sudden you see resentment, okay, there it is. Just see it. Don't resent yourself for being resentful. Don't re get angry at yourself for being angry. Very simple. You too can learn the art of watching and remaining centered with the help of our free meditation. To learn more, visit SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us and click on Meditation. If you have a question you would like Roland to address on the air, give us a call at 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. Or send Roland an email at roland at sheddingshackles.com. Thanks for listening. Are you experiencing stress, anxiety, or unhappiness? Do you feel weighed down by the past? Stay tuned for a special message from Roland Trujillo, host of the Shedding Shackles radio program. For over 25 years, Roland Trujillo has been helping people shed the shackles of unhappy memories, consisting of upset, hurt feelings, and negative emotions that bind them to the past. Over the years, many people have listened to and benefited from Roland's positive message. Perhaps you too can discover the secret to becoming free from the past and moving forward to live a new life of joy and purpose. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hi, this is Jeremiah Trujillo, the producer of Shedding Shackles. I'm also a pianist and played some of the music that you hear on Shedding Shackles such as the Ballade Opus 47, Number 3, by Frédéric Chopin. Thanks for listening. Hello everyone, welcome. Today I am stopping by to talk about my favorite topic, meditation. Some of you have enjoyed watching my YouTube lectures about uh, Madame Guillon, for example. And she was a mystic. She lived around 1700. And she, she talked about 
How to find enlightenment. Now, that's what a lot of people have looked for, haven't they? Enlightenment. But most people are looking for what? Most people are looking for how to find relief. Relief. Relief from their pains, from their worries, from their doubts, from their fears, from their relationship problems. And so I want to talk about that because they're both the same thing. If you really found enlightenment, you would find relief from all of those. Now, let me quickly mention that a lot of people think that, that um, well, actually what they do is they escape. See, people think, well, if I go to a monastery, or if I go live out in the woods, or if I live on the side of a mountain, then I'll be away from people, away from the hustle and bustle of city life, away from the stresses. And so they try to live in that a more natural life, which is not a bad idea. But the problem with that is that they will not overcome the fault that causes them to be reactive and to become upset and nervous and stressed and worried and have a lot of pains and all that stuff in the first place. To overcome the fault. See, if you could be calm, let's suppose that you could be just totally calm, then you could go into any situation whatsoever. It, it's kind of like you are at work, or many of you are at work, whether you're some kind of an analyst or whether you're a plumber or an electrician or whatever you are. The customer has a problem and you analyze it and you solve the problem. And it doesn't matter how difficult the customer's problem is, usually you can solve it. And if you can't, you get a couple of your colleagues and then you together you solve it. And afterwards, how do you feel? You feel good. And why do you feel good? Because you solved the problem. Did you get upset? Not in the slightest. But why is it that you can't have that same attitude when it comes to your kids and your partner and traffic and your neighbor? There, what do you do with your kids and your partner and your neighbor and traffic? You get upset. You get angry. You become resentful. And then what happens from after that? And you get a tummy ache, a headache, so on. You get upset at work. You come home and yell at your, at your partner. Then your partner is angry and upset at you. And like that. You see how, how that is? Not only is it dysfunctional, but it's unfair. So how are you going to have that attitude of, how are you going to not get upset? Well, you have to become more Christ-like. He led the way, you see. The whole human race had fallen very low. And he led the way. He showed the way. And the way is, instead of reacting to things on the outside, instead of being attached to things on the outside and enmeshed with things on the outside, you become attached to God. And you become enmeshed with God. And you look to him for everything. And then, whatever happens on the outside, it's almost like, well, it's almost as if you didn't care. It's not that. But now you have a true concern. See, if your child comes to you with some issue, and then you get all upset, and start ranting and raving and getting worried and nervous and screaming, 
How does that help? It doesn't. It makes it worse. It adds another layer of problems. And it, it adds, it gives your child a problem. The thing is to just not become upset in the first place. And the way you do that, see, but what I was going to say is then you can have a truly, a real concern. See, if your child has an issue and you feel sorry for them, that doesn't help them. It embarrasses them. They might reject your help. Or if you rush in and do everything for them, that's not good either. But a true concern, you're not upset, you're not angry, you, you observe, and then you move intuitively. You move from within. So once again, you're attached to God. And then you become an extension of Him. That's right. You become an extension of God. In other words, His will. What are we told to pray? Thy will be done. So if you really want His will to be done, then you want to be an extension of His will. And how are you going to find out His will? By becoming still. And learning the little meditation. Now getting back to Madame Guillaume. Yes, the little meditation. The little meditation that I offer. Because it's simple. There is no hand of man in it. And it restores you to that center of dignity from which you can flow. So, getting back to Madame Guillaume again. She was a mystic, and she found it. She found this to have a little bit of heaven everywhere she went, and to flow from within. And how did she do that? She found her Creator. And how did she find her Creator? I think two things. Number one, she was compatible with Him, and she loved Him. And He reached out to her and helped her to find Him. But she wanted to find him. She yearned to find him. Do you understand? And so she did. And then she tried to teach others how to find him. And she did the best she could. She wrote her book, A Short and Easy Method of Prayer, trying to help people to find what she found. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to help you to find what she found. Because that's what you need. And now... Again, I want to reiterate, escaping, see, when you see someone that retreats from the world or hides somewhere, you know, a recluse hiding, you can kind of sense that they have a weakness, don't you? They can't deal with people because they resent people. And resenting people, they can't deal with people. See, when you resent others, you are debilitated from true concern and from remaining calm. And for bringing wisdom to bear, you're totally debilitated from that when you become resentful. So you can see that people that escape there to the side of a mountain, to live out in the country all by themselves, to hide in their apartment and play video games and never come out. You can see that, that there's a certain um, cowardice there, a fear, something wrong. Well... You need to be out in the, wor in the world and not hiding. But where else do people hide? They hide. So if they don't, so now take the average person. They don't go out in the country to hide. They don't just hide in their apartment. They go to work and they do everything. So where do they hide? They hide in their imagination. They hide in thinking. They hide in worrying. See, they hide in 
thought. We're always escaping into thought, escaping from reality. Something happens on the outside, they have a little issue with their kids or their partner, and then they escape into thought. They hide in their imagination. So you don't want to escape. You don't want to escape it to the side of a mountain. You don't want to escape into thought. You want to be in reality. But you bring with you. You bring that with you. And you become a shining light. See? A shining light. And all you have to see is that this fault, which the whole human race inherits. It's, um, it's what you're born with. And it's all you have. Unless, see, you yearn for something else and then, and then find it, as Madame Guillaume did. And that's what I want you to find, because you're going to need it. If you do not find this something that can come from within, then you're never going to solve your issues, any of them. You just brush them under the carpet, or you'll trade symptoms. You'll get rid of one symptom and you'll have another one. Or you escape one marriage and you fall into another wrong marriage. So you need to have this within. But when you have this within that comes from God, then you go out in the world. Now you have a true concern. And in your true concern, you can see that getting upset is not going to help any. Resenting the person is not going to help any. Resenting yourself is not going to help any. And you watch. And then you see what to do, or you just do it. It comes to you intuitively because you're, you're an extension of your creator. Now, Madame Guillaume somehow found it, and some of the other mystics found it. And I'm sure there's people around the world, nice people who, who find it. But wouldn't it be nice to have a little help? And you need a little help. 99.9% .9 of you need a little help because... You need to hear it from another human being. You need to hear it from me. If you just go around and read this book and that book and this internet article and that seminar and this preacher, and then it's not going to work. You need to hear it, and then you need a little help to get out of your thoughts, to get out of your worries, to get out of your doubts, to get out of your fears, to get out of your emotions. Now you're overwhelmed by emotions, whether you know it or not. You need a little help. And that little help is the very simple meditation that I have. If you go to SheddingShackles.com, you know, www.SheddingShackles.com or SheddingShackles.net or SheddingShackles.us, there's a little slideshow up at the top that says meditation. You click on it and there it is. It's seven minutes long. If you begin practicing that, it will help you find that within. And so I really, 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 really recommend that you get it and try it. Until next time, Lord willing, and the Greek don't rise, I'll see you then. Bye-bye.
You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you.